0: On today's question of faith, does Pope Francis hate the Latin Mass? Hey, everybody, I'm Mike Hayes, and this is Question of Faith. I am the director of young adult ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland.
1: Salve! I'm Father Damien Ferrance, the vicar for evangelization.
2: And hi, I'm Bridget Coyne. I run the Latin Mass young adult group out of St. Ignatius of Antioch.
0: Very nice. And so that's uh, Oliver Plunkett, Young Adults, right? Yes. Very nice. Thanks for coming, Bridget. Glad Thanks
2: to be for being here.
0: here. So yeah, does Pope Francis hate the Latin Mass? That's a question that got submitted. Uh, I want to say just no off the top. <laughs>
1: that's Correct. the first thing we would no. say. Yeah. Um, why the question? The question because Pope Francis released this summer Tradiciones Custodes, where he wants to pull back a bit on some of the liberties that Pope Benedict allowed Mm -hmm. uh, in his Summorum Pontificum document from 2007. And uh, there's been some confusion about exactly what went on there. And so what we like to do here on Question of Faith is make sure we're going directly to the documents and not just people's opinion about about documents or um, church news.
0: Yeah, good question. So a little history, maybe. So. At one time, you used to have to ask permission of your local bishop in order to use the old rite, let's say, the, the, the rite before the Second Vatican Council gave permission to, give, uh, to have Mass in the vernacular.
1: Yeah, the 1962 Missal. Very good. Yeah. Or what Pope Benedict called the Extraordinary Form. Right.
0: Correct. Uh, interesting to note, by the way, I don't have this in the show notes, but interesting to note, Latin is still the official language of the church. It is. The church just gave permission for Mass to be said in the vernacular. It doesn't have to be said in Latin anymore.
1: Correct. And side note, too, when I lived in Rome, two things were noticeable to me. Before a pontifical Mass, the Holy Father had everyone pray the rosary in Latin mm. 15 minutes before Mass and it was great practice for me in my latin also at a canonization mass in rome primarily latin was used uh eucharistic prayer and the orations mm. during mass so pope definitely does not hate latin
0: correct so the um so what's happened now is that pope benedict had after this sort of waved off that rule so you don't have to go to your local bishop if you want to do this now you could just go do it and you only need a permission just go and just go and do that now and it's fine and he was doing that to try to create unity between people who had uh, moved away from the church after the council by saying no no we we like the old way and we don't want to change
1: correct so in Sumorum Pontificum, which was released in the summer of 2007, Pope Benedict gave permission to celebrate the extraordinary form without direct permission from your bishop. So any priest who wanted to celebrate this Correct. form of the rite could. Right, And as you've said, the hope there was to bring unity, especially with those who had a hard time accepting some of the changes of the Second Vatican Council. But in Traditiones Custodes, Uh, in the document, and what's really um, helpful too, is the letter of the Holy Father Francis to the bishops of the whole world that accompanies the apostolic letter modu proprio data, tradiciones custodes. So he has an accompanying letter that goes along with the document that explains why he's making uh, these changes and pulling back on it. And part of the reason was that he saw, rather than bringing more communion, there was more division division happening in certain pockets around the world. So so that was the reason for um, the documents.
0: Okay, let's take a step back. Uh, what's the difference between the 1962 missile and the 1965 missile?
2: Well, I actually think that's a common misconception. I think most people today think, if they haven't been to a Latin mass, that it's the same mass just in Latin. And a lot of the liturgy was actually, you know, changed around a little bit. Different ways of Uh, So many of the prayers are the same, you know, the consecration is still there. It's still uh, Jesus Christ on Calvary, but (laughs) the the Novus Ordo or the new mass has uh, several changes where, you know, they're now facing versus Populum, which means they're looking at the congregation and it was intended to make it a lot more engaging and, you know, focus on the communion and to involve the people. Sure. Whereas, the Latin or the old mass was kind of considered to be alienating to some people I think was what motivated some of the changes but for people like me who've grown up with Latin Mass and love it, I think that there's a lot more periods of silence there's a lot more prayers that focus on your interior life and making sure that you're you know worthy to receive communion and um, I, I just find it really humbling and beautiful. But the reason that it came about was, you know, some people wanted to feel more in communion, more participation at Mass.
0: Yeah, and in, 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 in the old, right, it's sort of more priest-choir, if you will. You know, the priest says something, the choir responds. You know, sometimes just the altar servers would respond. And the idea is that more participation with all of the faithful, so that everybody's involved in the liturgy, was sort of the leaning. And and yet there are some people who would say, okay, yeah, but I, I like being quiet and praying by myself and letting the priest do all yeah. the other stuff at the same time, right?
2: Yeah, and I think it's something cool about... The ad orientum, where the priest is facing toward the east is what it means. Um, The idea is that you're all praying to God together and, Mm. you know, rather than focusing on ourselves. But at the same time, some people found that not as not as good. So I
1: I like to correct people when they'll say, well, in the old right, the priest, he turned his back to the people that wasn't the point the point is you think of it like a bus driver on a bus you got the bus driver who's at the front of the bus and we're all at least we're facing the same direction so theologically that was never the intention but some people did experience it, is they experienced it as that as the priest turning his back to the people but theologically that that isn't the point of um ad orientum. there was also a lot of um repetition in the older rite and so that was simplified um for the sake of hopefully better prayer along the way. But as the Pope says, even in his uh, letter, that there were abuses in the the Novus Ordo. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of younger people may be drawn to um, the traditional Latin Mass is because uh, there aren't as many abuses in the traditional Latin Mass. So this is what the Pope says. At the same time, I am saddened by abuses in the celebration of the liturgy on all sides. In common with Benedict XVI, I deplore the fact that in many places, the prescriptions of the new missal are not observed in celebration, but indeed come to be interpreted as an authorization for ev- or for or even in a re- requirement of creativity, which leads to almost unbearable distortions. So he's aware of that, mm-hmm. um, and he wants to pull that in too, although he doesn't give as many descriptions of that. But... Um, but what the Holy Father wants is one right where we're brought together in communion rather than having—and this is what he has experienced and he— um, says in this letter that there are certain pockets of Catholics who are saying, "Okay, you have your Novus Ordo, but we have the real mass here and we're the one true church and you have to be here eventually. And this is like your goal. And he doesn't find that helpful at all. And actually, uh, he finds that hurtful. So that's a big part of the reason for his writing of Tradiciones Custodes. Yeah, it
0: would be the sort of setting up of so-called like elite communities, you know, Mm -hmm. elite in quotes there. They're not really elite. It's they're Mm -hmm. saying we're better than you are, you know, so to speak. this is the right way to pray. Maybe even the only way to pray, or the only way to be Catholic. And You and I had breakfast and we had to, we discussed this for a while. Um, that's not the case where you are. It's people yeah. who just like praying in in this way, right?
2: Right. Yeah. I, I when people refer to people who go to Latin Mass like as trads or something like that, I kind of object to it because it's we're one holy, Catholic, and Apostolic. We all agree with the same thing on faith and morals, and I I think that there are people, especially online where you take out the human element that make jokes and are condescending towards the Novus Ordo or other people. But I think that um, that's not the Latin mass community at large. And it's, I would say, especially not the Latin mass community here in Cleveland. I think that a lot of people are at both. Like I go to both masses almost every single week and i th- i know a lot of people who do and so i think um it some some there are those people that think one is better than the other and that's why we have i don't know if we want to get into the society of pious the 10th and yeah. the society of pious the 5th but that's why those societies exist is because they think that the latin mass is the only mass right yeah. mm-hmm. and
0: and even recently the pope came out with um giving permission to a to a certain group who doesn't reject the teachings of Vatican II. He said, "Oh, no, you could do your right. Latin Mass. That's fine. He was like, I'm, he goes, I'm, not, I'm not clamping down on you. He goes, there are some who just say, hey, the Second Vatican Council didn't exist or it wasn't a real council. Right. And those are the people that he to say, no, 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 you're just wrong.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. in, in um, Tradiciones Custodes, Article 3, Paragraph 1, it is to determine that these groups do not deny the validity and legitimacy of the liturgical reform dictated by the Vatican Council II and the Magisterium of the Supreme Pontiffs. Um, so that that's part of his concern, too, is not only are people rejecting the ref, the liturgical reform of the Second Vatican Council, but the Second Vatican Council itself. In some pockets, there is a, a sense of, well, maybe it's all wrong. Maybe there nothing was right and so... Uh, that's problematic mm. because the that would deny the work of the Holy Spirit at the Second Vatican Council, right? Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, basically, now where are we? So the the Pope has basically said, well, you can still pray in this way you could still have mass in this way but now you you, we want people who are properly trained to do it number one and we want to have it done in certain in certain places not in every place right
1: yeah so he's he's written the tradiciones custodes not to the whole church Dear brothers in the episcopate, oh. so he's given and he calls them the guardians of the tradition. Um, in in the the letter that accompany, no, that's yeah, he calls them in the official translation. Guardians of the tradition are the bishops, and then that letter that accompanies he wrote to the bishops. Mm. So he's basically throwing this back on his bishops and letting them know what he wants and letting the bishops make the proper appropriations to their people in their diocese. Right.
0: They'll, mm-hmm. they'll decide where to do this and how this gets played out in the end.
1: So Bishop Molasik is following this and not wanting to start new parishes and new ministries. Um, and he he has been meeting with the priests at the different parishes who um, celebrate this right and figuring out how we are best going to be moving forward in the future. Mm.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, good. I know, Bridget, when you and I had breakfast, I had said, uh, you know, I, I've been to a Latin Mass, not necessarily my thing. I don't think it's awful, awful or horrible or anything like that. You know, not necessarily my thing. And you said, good, don't go. You know, you know like if it's, you know, we, we say on this podcast all the time, pray as you can, not as you can't. And I said, well, yes, I mean, once in a while ago, I would pray, it's not a big deal to me. But at the same time, I think that, you know, you're like, no, you have the same attitude, you know, like, you know, pr- go pray where you want to pray and let us pray where we want to pray. That's fine too, right?
2: Yeah. I think that God has put all of these different ways of praying and getting to know him on earth, um, because different people respond in different ways and prayer is so deeply personal. You know, some people find a lot of solace in the charismatic movement. Some people, that's not their thing. Some of people find, uh, closer relationship with god through the latin mass or through latin prayer and you know i fall into that category um i think what you pointed out is you know the pope wants to move the latin mass into more strict categories or different places in different dioceses, and uh i i'm First of all, glad that I'm not a bishop having to interpret this in a way mm-hmm. to be both pastoral and obedient because mm-hmm. those are both necessary. Uh, because I think the way it's written is very difficult to figure out exactly how to do that. You know, uh, I, I think one of the things it says is it shouldn't really be in parishes now and right. it should be focused on private shrines, which you were in Italy, you know, that's. every every corner there's a private shrine. So Mm -hmm. there it works really well. But here in the United States, it's a lot harder to implement because Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we mostly go to mass at our Catholic diocesan parish and there's not a lot of private shrines around. So um, I'm I'm curious if further instruction will come out beyond what has already come out following TC to make sure that... um, you know, d- there will be some access to the mass because I don't. I, I I hope that the intention isn't to get rid of it in in some dioceses, which I know is how some bishops have implemented it. Different
1: but, bishops have interpreted this in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Check your localistic,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: But yeah, I I just love praying that way, and it, it yep. brings me so close to God that I hope that you know, I'm glad Bishop Molestic seems to be going in a direction to keep it available to us.
1: Bridget, have you ever been to a novus ordo celebrated in Latin?
2: I have. My college offered those a lot.
1: Okay, and yeah. how is that?
2: Um, good. I I like it. I obviously love the Novus Ordo. For me, the reason I love the traditional Latin mass isn't really as much because of the Latin as it is the- because of the, the periods of silence and the different prayers that are said during it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a different animal, but I, I I, loved it. It was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of dioceses might go in that direction if they mm-hmm. stop celebrating the 1962 Missal. Mm.
1: When when I was at St. Mary's in Hudson, which was a life teen parish, so very charismatically inspired liturgies every Sunday evening. During Advent, I taught the teens to uh, sing the Sanctus in Latin. Oh, and nice. then during Lent, we sang the Pater Noster in Latin, and then we did the Agnus Dei. So even knowing a little bit of Latin goes a long way, especially if you travel, because then you can participate in the universal universality of, of the church. Because as Mike, you said, um, Latin is our mother tongue, you mm-hmm. know.
0: Yeah, be, being the uh, the chaplain of a med school, it was also quite helpful. <gasps> sure, oh, yeah. <laughs> med medicine law—you learn a little bit of everything here. You know, right. a little bit of medicine, a little bit of law, a little bit of a little bit of theology as well. Brid, Bridget, how did you get involved in going to the Latin Mass? Like, did, was this something that has been in your family? Is this something that you just decided you wanted to explore? Or?
2: Yeah, so I, I, I was a kid, so I don't know the exact year, but somewhere around 2000, when Bishop Pilla was the the bishop here, he asked my pastor at St. Rose to start offering the Latin mass. And my family had already been going there for a couple of years. And so that's when we were first introduced and my brothers began learning how to serve. And each week we would go to whichever mass they were assigned. So it was kind of like every other week, you know, Latin English. And, um, it, uh, after that, I went in and out of going to it. It was available at both of my colleges that I attended and, Then when I came back here, I kind of hopped around until I found a parish that Mm -hmm. really felt like home and that had uh, the the Latin Mass. Right.
0: And that's Ignatius of Antioch, right?
2: I'm actually at St. Stephen's, but Ah, I've been working with Father Estabrook uh, for the St. Oliver Plunkett Group.
0: Right. Got you. And we're still doing nine nights a night prayer here this week. It's finishing up on uh, Thursday, the Feast of the Annunciation.
1: Come get your ice cream. Speaking of Latin, the ice cream this time is called Grazia Plena. And it's going to be a coconut cream base with little blue candies, chocolate candies. White for Mary's immaculateness and blue for Mary. Yeah.
0: And speaking awesome. of Mary, uh, a church that we'd like to tell you about, St. Mary Magdalene this time, in uh, it's in Willowick, it's right? It's in
1: Willowick, the 44095. Yeah, this is one of those parishes that emerged after the Second World War when Willowick was uh, just booming with young families. The parish used to have a grade school that had morning and evening classes, over 1,200 students. Um, the lay of the land has shifted, but the parish is still very much alive. Father Steve Breck is the pastor there. And it would be a great place to visit. It's been uh, renovated in the last 30 years. So Mm. one of the reasons we chose it for Nine Nights is because it's uh, set up choir style. So we think the choir will work nicely for the Liturgy of the Hours. Mm,
0: Very nice. Mm -hmm. So that will be good. So head out to St. uh, St. Mary Magdalene in Willowick if you can this week. And then our our readings for the fourth Sunday of Lent. The prodigal son this weekend, one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, prodigal is a G-R-E word, and people often Mm -hmm. get it wrong. Prodigal means lavish, abundant,
0: wasteful. It's the root of prodigious. Like, that was a prodigious spread they put out. It's
1: wonderful. Yeah, that's a prodigious uh, explanation. Um, (laughs) So, who's prodigal? Yeah, the son is prodigal in his sinfulness, but the father is also prodigal in his love and his mercy. So... A lot to think about there.
0: I always say pay attention to the older brother in the thing. The older brother is often us.
1: Yeah. And pay attention to who Jesus directs the parable to. Mm, very good.
0: Yes. There we go. It's a or lot to, to whom
1: Jesus directs the parable.
0: Yes, exactly. Grammar Nazis. You know? <laughs> I was so, a literature major, so I appreciate that. Yes, I was an English major also. There we go. Very nice. We, 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 we've, all, we've all fulfilled our grammar qualifications for today. And so this is Question of Faith. And I am Mike Hayes.
1: I'm Father Damien. And I'm Bridget
2: Coyne.
0: Bridget, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back again next week here with another pleasure.